Search Podcast. All right, welcome to the first and introductory episode of Dear Church. Um, we are here today with a group of guys who we want to introduce to you at this time and kind of tell you a little bit about why uh, a bunch of pastors from, well, from all over, and I guess uh, no further west than Missouri. Steve, would, be, would you be the furthest west? I would be. would be the furthest west, so, and then as far east as uh, Pennsylvania. Why in the world would we gather together and and start this conversation up, which is exactly what we want to have today. This is our introductory podcast, and so we want to take time to introduce everybody. So if it's okay, um, I think we should work from uh, my right all the way around the circle. I'll close it out and tell everybody who we are, but uh, Tom, why don't you start us off? Give us a little synopsis of who you are, what you've done, what you've accomplished in life. Well, I guess the Lord will answer the latter question, but uh, I'm 48 years of age. I have a wife and three wonderful children. I have another child in heaven. I pastored for 25 years. I started a church in rural Pennsylvania, was there for seven years, and then spent 16 years in the inner city of Chicago, and then a year and a half ago moved to Iowa to pastor. And uh, God has been very gracious to me and all those pastorates. They've all been a blessing to me. Grew up in a pastor's home and uh, had a very faithful example of my father and mother. Um, went off to Bible college, graduated in 95, and then went off into the ministry. Along the way, God has brought me a writing ministry that just got birthed sort of accidentally, has a blog and some books, things like that. Uh, but that's who I am. Next victim. The next victim is... Um, oh, is yes. Our, our nicknames. <laughs> Are we doing that later? <laughs> we'll give them the nicknames later. <laughs> okay. All right. Next victim. Go ahead, Martin. All right. Well, I'm Martin Wickens, and I'm originally from the south, um, the south of England. And uh, my name causes me no end of trouble here now that I'm in the States. And uh, usually I have to interpret, especially places like <laughs> certain coffee shops where they take your name. Um, but I'm originally from the south of England, and I first heard the gospel when uh, a missionary from northeast Georgia came over. And I heard the gospel and, and trusted the Lord. And uh, I've been a pastor for 15 years, first of all in Northern Ireland and then in Northern England at a really historic church. I went from a church plant to a historic church in Sunderland in northeast England where, you know, Spurgeon used to swap pulpits with the pastor there back in the day. Um, and then I went back to the church I grew up in and carried on the ministry after my pastor, uh, Tom Dotson, had retired. And then uh, three or four years ago, the Lord put it on my heart, my wife's heart, to move here to the States. And now I am pastor of uh, Bedford Bible Church in south central Pennsylvania. And uh, my uh, family, I've got wife, four kids, and I just praise the Lord for what He's done in and through my life. Amen. Amen. All right, we All got right. the. I almost gave the nickname, almost. but we have to save it here. We, Steve Brudnick, yeah, go we, ahead, we, tell we, us who you we are, got man. Some pretty choice nicknames, don't we? <laughs> Which one are we well, using? <laughs> I am, uh, I am Steve Brudnick, and I pastor United Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. I've been pastor there now for 17 years. It's hard to believe. Before that, I pastored in a little farming town in north-central Iowa, Charles City, Iowa. And then before that, I uh, was a youth pastor for a couple of years right out of Bible college. And um, my, if I was going to just kind of give my testimony, um, I had the privilege and a gift, and it's just recently that I've kind of called it a gift, but I was just raised in a single-parent home by my mom. And shortly after my dad left when I was 18 months old, my mom got saved uh, out of the Ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Warren, Michigan. And our life was poured into that church. And I love 
the fact that I got to grow up in a good, solid church. I had good pastors, and church has always been an awesome experience for me. And my kids feel that way. They love our church. And my two oldest are now old enough where they could choose to not come to church. And they know that wouldn't make me happy, but that they're more than willing not to make me happy. But they they want to come, and they want to be in church. And um, I love pastoring United Baptist Church. We have a ministry 15 years ago that we kind of took, and then we took it to new heights and kind of renamed it, and that's Living United Marriage Ministry. And we have an opportunity to help couples all across the country in several different retreats, and we're looking to see that grow. So that's kind of where I'm at, where I've been, and all the such. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Turn. Well, Steve, I'm a turtle on a fence post. Um, <laughs> my name is Stephen Russ, and I'm fence pastor. Fence post, yes. What's, what's Oh, because you're tall. Uh, no, a turtle on a fence post. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know that it's someone put it there. This comes directly from our our friend Pastor okay. Steve Brudnick. So, uh, but in all uh, in all the seriousness, I'll own that a little bit. Um, I pastor the church my grandfather started, and he started the church in 1972. Faithway Baptist Church is the name of the church now. It was Bakey Road Baptist Church. That was what you were trying to remember when we were talking earlier, Martin. That's right. Uh, and hard to pronounce. Yes, um, Bakey Road Baptist Church, spelled B O E K E. Not exactly how you'd pronounce it, but he started that in 72. Um, he also started Faith Music Missions, and then uh, fast forward all the way up to where we are now. I've been the pastor here for seven years. I graduated from Golden State Baptist College in 2010. Um, I have four kids and a beautiful wife, and uh, it's the privilege of my life to be in the ministry. You know, I mean, you look at Amen. look at all that we get to do, and all Amen. of us are pastors. Um, I just, it's amazing that we do get to do what we do, especially the more that I get to know. Steve, it's amazing that we all get to do what we do. Uh, we, we do have to give the, the nicknames, though. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Should we each give someone else's nickname? Or should yeah, go ahead. One? Actually, Tom, go ahead and give them all. Okay. Yeah. All right, very good. So <laughs> we will start where we must start with the man who is the formation and fountain of this, and that is Steve Rudnack, <laughs> uh-huh. affectionately known as the Bulldog. The Bulldog, yes. The Bulldog, not because he looks like one, but because he acts like one. Well, His reputation is has preceded him. Is yes. that because I've lost so much weight, my skin is wrinkly now? No, your skin's wrinkly because you're the oldest one of the four of us. Oh, that's awesome. That's it. Which, which, 375 <laughs> days older than me, and I just want that on the record at the very beginning. Oh, oh, but I look 10 years younger than you, and I know <laughs> this right, is a true. podcast, and we're not putting this out on YouTube, but folks, if you can just picture, I look much younger than Brother Tom. He looks can... like kind of Anderson Cooper. That's so, right. <laughs> if you can imagine that. Just about as liberal, too. But yeah. he's the bulldog because he loves to fight. He does it with a tender heart, though, so he's the bulldog with a heart. you got to get to know him. I love to fight with words. I don't like fists. I don't like fists. I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. When you're this pretty, you don't have to throw oh, fists. So. Yeah. It's just more on the intellectual I I my ar- argumentative yeah. level. He's also the only one with no facial hair, but go ahead. Right, so we have the bulldog. Then we have, uh, we have the Brit, right? I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I believe so. Uh, he's be here me. for one primary reason, because of his accent. If it yes. weren't up for that, yeah. he would not be part of can, this. Can you just say the names Wickens, Martin Wickens? I would say my name, Martin Wickens, yeah. <laughs> but so many places don't understand it. So, so often I order food, and they look at me blank, and so I just have to look at them and go, Martin Wickens. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look at me like, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> from, from the beginning. In my Martin. mind, in my mind, your name is like that eccentric 
millionaire that Sherlock Holmes visits to solve the crime, <laughs> See, and it's like Martin Wickens, I presume. Exactly. He, yeah. For me, I, I listen to the to the Bible a lot. Alexander Scorby reading the Bible, and you're like right at that level. I think we should do a whole podcast with just Martin reading the Bible. I there think it go. would be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and, and I think for our listeners, you know, if you want to at some point, um, you know, grade one to ten, because I'm pretty sure at one point all of you are going to try and imitate an English accent. Absolutely. And just kind of grade it, you know, send your answers in however you listen. And, and our listeners should also know it is impossible not to try That's to, right. to imitate the accent. <laughs> so it's, it's going to happen. I wasn't going to, but suddenly I have a strange compulsion yeah, and desire know, right? to. Right? It's just there. Right. Then um, my nickname has been given to me by this esteemed group of the beard. Mm-hmm. First of mm. all, because I have one. Uh, secondly, because it is gray. And yes, just for the record, Steve Brodnack is older than me, but mm-hmm. yes, I do look older than him. But the beard is meant to imply wisdom, and that mm. is supposed to be my role. Yeah, I have serious doubts as to whether it can be filled as easily as Martin fills his role with <laughs> just speaking whatever he speaks. I really think people would listen if it were just Martin. That's why I feel a little yeah, insignificant, right. inferior yeah. here yeah. today. I'll try and live up to expectations. There you go. So is the beard a sign of liberalism then? or I mean, uh, have some you, people have, have you compromised? Some people have said... I always quote that verse in the Bible that I've used my liberty as an occasion to the beard. You know? Well, you never heard that one before. Well, you know, the one time you find someone willingly shaven in the Bible. It was an embarrassment. (laughs) It was what? No, no, it was when Joseph. No, oh. When Joseph went up to meet a pagan king. (laughs) And so he was meeting the expectations of the world by shaving. No, but I've heard that argument for real that that's why we should all shave. Oh my! That's oh why my. beards are un- ungodly for for pastors to have. I'm I'm dead serious. I've heard wow. that real argument mm. from people. Well, for who the record, I don't have a beard because number one, my wife doesn't like it. Number two, um, this face is too pretty to cover. That's why she doesn't want me to have a beard. And number three, when I, like I grow a beard, it looks like a possum on chemo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but you've we, never we, pushed through the awkward stage though. Of my beard, you do understand. No, it just it doesn't get past the awkward stage. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, we could just quote Spudge, and he said, "Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial." I'm Mm. hollering amen over here. Amen. I have that on a shirt, actually. I have it on. I I have it on a hoodie. Yeah. You guys should have been twinsies today. (laughs) There we go. And then the fourth member of our esteemed fraternity, since we had to reach the whippersnappers, (laughs) brought in the young man. Yeah. The boy. That's me. So. To say it all together, it is the bulldog, the Brit, the beard, and the boy. That's us. True that independent us. fundamental Baptist alliteration. Yes. yes. Right here. That's got to be done. Yep, that's we, right. We didn't even stretch it. No. And we didn't use the letter P. <laughs> Usually it's the letter S. That's That's been my experience. Really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, the letter P is the go-to. You Save, sanctify. Purpose, prepare, submitted. plan, power. Look, if you do listen to this podcast, this first podcast, we've already written 10 sermons, so yeah, we're good. The problem with using P as alliteration, though, is you have you have many times in a sermon where there's an aspect of faith, and yeah. just the letter P doesn't, the concept of faith, I can't find a good P word for faith, so if you guys... Well, <laughs> you could have proper philosophical placement for your faith. Philosophical, yeah. Philosophical yeah. placement? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's take the plunge and move Philo, to the next topic. So, so, let's move on from that. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you said everything you wanted to say there, Tom. I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, the uh, the nicknames do apply, and, and usually they'll they'll pop up when they apply. So yes, when yes, Tom is being right. like extra wise or he says something, we're like, and that's why we call him the beard. Yeah. When Martin says, says something extra British, 
<laughs> that's coming. Um, I guess when I say something totally young and dumb, you know, then I get yeah. my name. But Steve, we're never using the name Steve again. We just wanted to give it to them. From now on, you are the Bulldog. Bulldog. Yeah, there just consistent. Go. It's just and all the way that through. is definitely something on our podcast that. I mean, we have two Stevens in here, so that could get confusing. So yeah, that's true. Well, we'll one uses the biblical spelling. That's right. That yes, is true. That's oh, we're true. back to the letter P again. Ah, yep. yeah. See, it's there, Steve. You you really undersold that letter. Yeah. Well, one of the things we wanted to tell our, our listeners today too, before we get to way way out in the weeds here, is why we named the podcast Dear Church, and really that's kind of Steve's brainchild. Sure. So why don't you tell us? And we'll I would talk about love it. to love to share it. It's it's very purposeful in the fact that the word dear represents the fact of the preciousness of two things that relate to the church. And you know, in Matthew twenty two, Jesus was asked, "What's the great commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." And the second, like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And I love the Lord. I love the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's my Savior. Uh, he not only saved me, but He changed my life. He gave me a church family growing up. He provided for me a wife. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Amen. And um, our God is very precious, and then He has given us precious people. And He put that within the context of a local church, and we all get to pastor a local church. And with local assemblies you have people and when you have people you have you know you have issues at times and then our churches you know we have ministries that go outside the walls of our church sometimes and we interact with people and then us as preachers we like to discuss things and there's kind of three words and this is alliterated forgive me I can't I'm an independent fundamental Baptist so I alliterate things but you know faith is so important because faith grounds us to the word of God so in a church, you're grounding on the Word of God. So dear church is the preciousness of glorifying God in the context of dear, precious people. And the church is the faith aspect of God told us to do it this way. Let's do it th- that way. And when that happens, that's going to sometimes cause friction because we're going to have disagreement. And fighting is a good thing. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. And I think we should fight in the right way, with the right spirit, for the right reasons. And, you know, because we have something precious, you fight for it. And if someone was going to attack my wife, my children, I am not a fighter, but I would become a fighter then. You know, I, think I, I would a... be projecting my 200 million pounds <laughs> um, at that person, you know, with passion. Go ahead. Well, I think that's a key point, because when you say, dear church... It comes back to the church is what Jesus shed his blood for, what he died for. Yes. And if if we love what God loves, then we're going to love the church, and it should be it should be precious to us, not just in the sense of sentimentally, but what it stands for, what it represents, what it holds. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That has to include fighting for it. I just talked to somebody just this morning who said, you know, why do you have to be so judgmental against the LGBTQ crowd? You know, why can't you just love them? And and Paul said, you you speak the truth in love. Um, and without without truth, there is no love. You mm-hmm. got both, and so I think that's that's a key point. I think to the whole idea of a dear church is is we, we love what Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and that's why we fight for it, and that's the basis of our you know our faith describes what the church is, and and our faith describes the doctrines that we believe. And then the last word is 
it kind of ties it all together. That's just fun in the sense that it is fun to serve God. It's fun to um, to be part of ministry, and I think this podcast is going to just bring some good times, but in, in the context of building faith and being willing to fight for that faith. You know, it, it's um, worth pointing out how diverse this crowd is that these four guys right so uh we were talking before we started recording here actually this is the first time that any of us have met martin wickens in person mm-hmm. um we have seen his twitter prowess and uh and that and he's got away with words um tom you and i have met this is our third meeting mm-hmm. um and each meeting has been you know somewhat simple and short uh, this will be the longest amount of time we spend together over the next few days i guess but um and then Steve, uh, the bulldog, um, you know, we've gotten to know each other, but you, this is the first time you're meeting Martin. You and you and Tom go way back, I think, as far as... Uh, well, way five, back. Like way, five, way, 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 way back. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that wasn't an age joke. But but you, you've known each other the longest in this group, right? Sure. And and we all know each other. Now, that's that's diversity in the sense of... We haven't. Uh, we're all we're all going to land in different areas on certain areas of the discussion. I mean, I'll guarantee it. Um, where I land is right. Where you guys land sometimes won't be right. That's just <laughs> right, and that's exactly how I feel. So I mean, it's going to be there. It's going to happen, right? True tolerance. But yeah. you mentioned that fun and the fight. Like there is a way to there is a way to sharpen one another, and that friction that you mentioned, I mm-hmm. think, is an excellent way to think about that. We're fighting for something, yeah. um, and that fighting for sometimes lends itself to. Uh, a little bit of uh, back and forth among amongst one another um, or each other, and and that's that's good. Uh, but one of the things that I think is also worth noting is that we all have very personal reasons for even attempting a podcast. I mean, Tom, you know, we're going to start with you. We want you to share that uh, because um, we know that this is this is outside of what you have ever pursued before. But we all have a reason for it. We want you to know what that is as we go forward. Uh, actually, when Steve called me about doing this podcast, I was working on a blog post about why podcasts are not a good idea. <laughs> this is true. That's, that's <laughs> the truth. He called me and I said, you're not joking. I'm, I'm writing a blog post about why podcasts are no good. Um, but that's because of your, you love books. I love words. You love words. And, and you can control words so much more precisely when you write them than mm-hmm. when you speak them. And so I think there's generally much more knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Right. I think there's much more depth in words that you write than words you just say. Um, so I had to swallow my, I don't know if pride is the right word. Bias. Uh, <laughs> bias, yeah. It's yeah, so yes. surprising because yeah. you do have a face for podcasting. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Yeah. At least my beard doesn't look like a possum on mange. <laughs> a possum on chemo or whatever it was you said before. Um, but so, yeah, I had to swallow my bias. And, I, and, and for me, what, what flipped me around, what changed me, and by the way, I, I, I st- this is a terrible thing to say, I still don't like podcasts. I listen to zero of them. I listen to no podcasts. Um, but what the, the thing that, that changed my mind and made me agree to, to come in with you guys and do it, I, 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 first of all, I like you guys, so that helps a lot. But, uh, and I mean that sincerely. I enjoy being with you. But, the wisest thing he said all day. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I I have a heart to try to minister to younger preachers. I say this as the second oldest pastor in the room, uh, but I have a heart to minister to young men, and I think that there are so many voices speaking to young men in ministry. Okay, not just ministry, young folks in churches, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just ministries, churches. 
young folks in churches and young men leading churches or leading ministries that's pushing from the direction that says, let's go left, let's go left, let's go left. And I, and I want to speak into that, and I've tried to speak into that with my writing, uh, both with blog series and with books. Uh, and so this, for me, is another opportunity to speak to that group and to try to minister grace and truth. That's what I prayed this morning. I stopped at the school down the road, and I prayed that God would give me the grace to minister grace and truth. And so that's Amen. why I'm here. Martin, why are you here? Well, again, I have to admit, when there was first discussion about a podcast, I didn't really think it was serious. And, this is true also. you know, there, there was a, a talk of a conference call that was going on. I love the idea of it. I've wanted to do something like this for a long time. And then the first conference call came around and I was caught off guard because I thought I thought it was a joke. I thought, you know, and, and then I'm, I'm kind of sat there thinking, wow, this is actually going to happen. Um, but I'm fully behind it and I really wanted it to be a thing because there's such a great need. So. You know, my perspective is, you know, I don't have quite as, as long of a, a breadth of ministry as, uh, as two of you, um, but I have been observing things over the last 25 years when I really started paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every generation of believers faces a test of, of orthodoxy and of what it means to manifest Christ-likeness. And, you know, every generation encounters a trial of beliefs that ultimately is going to demonstrate itself in, in our behavior. 20 years ago, there were simultaneous trends, I think, with the purpose-driven life. That was all coming out in 2002. And then in another corner of Christianity, you had the young, restless, and reformed crowd. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 20 years previous to that, there was something else happening. Um, But again, 20 years ago, when I really started paying attention to things, it felt like you had an abandonment of doctrine on the one hand, a resurgence of reformed theology on the other. And then within some corners of you know, independent fundamentalism, I think we've seen a reluctance to, to deal with these things. Um, yes, and, and not even looking outside of the IFB, um, you know, we've got issues within it, or, you know, genuine allegations of, of shallowness, unfortunately, um, abusive leadership. Um, and then again, I'm going to tie this up in a minute, so bear with me. Um, and then outside of Christianity in general, there's been a headlong brush towards not only a post-Christian society, but post-truth. So, mm. you know, my involvement with this podcast, I'm hoping to address those things. So, you know, we, we want to answer the demand for a simple yet scholarly theology. I think that's possible and needed within the IFB um, to demonstrate a compassionate application of that theology. You know, we've already said, dear church, we, we love the church. We love what we're a part of, where we've come from and what shaped us. Um, and we want to encourage that. You know, we want to call out where there's been, you know, wrongdoing and, and, you know, make sure we are where we need to be. And as Tom, you've already said, equip young leaders to, to deal with all of these challenges. Um, and so I know that kind of sounds pretty broad, but there is a central theme there that I think this podcast is going to be able to address. Amen. That's a great answer. Wow. Yes, it is. Steve? Well, I am... Um if, if I was going to share my heart on this podcast and, you know, it's burden on my heart, it really begins in my office as a young 26-year-old pastor in northern Iowa. Uh, six people had called me to be their pastor. I've had people uh, say, you know, six people. And in fact, the first time I preached when they were looking at me to call me um, in the evening service while I was preaching, everyone was sleeping except my wife. She wasn't sleeping. 
and uh, they voted to call me as pastor. And I've had people say, why would you go? And the youngest one was 62, and they're all sleeping while you're preaching. Why would you go? I said, well, I got 100% of the vote. They were willing to, to take me. But as a, as a young preacher, I was... Um, and as Martin was saying, about every 20 years, this move comes afoot, and it's nothing new right. of the whole. And, and back in those days, there was the young fundamentalist movement is what it was called, and there was a lot of noise to, you know, fix the old fundamentalism. And, you know, they were talking about how the future of fundamentalism rests on the young guys. And here I was, a young guy at the time, and, you know, young guys are important, yes, but they are not our hope, and they're not necessarily um, who we learn from. No offense to the. the I bull, feel slighted. The yeah, extremely. I you did. That's going to happen a lot. I think. Oh, we're going to do a lot of learning together. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, as an older guy now, and by the way, no one in this room is in their fifties. I just want to say that, but <laughs> barely, barely. You are so close. It doesn't like matter. One foot on the banana peel. One foot on it. Yes. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is. Um, the the young even as a young guy I didn't think that way so I'm not dispersing young guys but there, there's always this push that somehow we've got to change something and adapt something and the, this I'm going to date myself now this is back when the internet was new and there were these new websites coming up about the young fundamentalists and um, you know and how they're going to fix everything and then those young fundamentalists that were going to fix anything just became you know middle-aged new evangelicals with you know spare tires and such and the fact of the matter is as studying my office and a lot of guys I went to college with they went kind of to the left of things and I think compromised on so many ways and I was studying my favorite story in the Bible as a kid Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in Daniel 3 and in verse 15 Nebuchadnezzar says who is that God and then as I studied in verse 29, he says, there is no other God. And I remember it just hit me. It's like, how did Chadwick, Meshach, and Abednego bring Nebuchadnezzar from saying, who is that God to there is no other God? Well, the fact of the matter is, it was because of their stand. It was because of the, the separation that they took apart from all the other Hebrew young men that were there. They all bowed down, but Chadwick, Meshach, and Abednego didn't. And I'm sure all their friends were thinking, why are you being so stupid and narrow-minded and standing out as something different? Um, when the fact of the matter is, that was what was making the difference. Not their assimilation into the culture, but um, what they were doing. So so that that's kind of my heartbeat, is the fact of the matter is, we need to take a stand. And, and, and I'll tell you, the younger mindset many times is, you know, well, there's people dying and going to hell and, you know, we should take into account them. And the fact of the matter is, in Jude chapter 1 verse 3, there's only one chapter in Jude, it's interesting. Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And it's like Jude saying, I want to write to you about the precious salvation. And we're going to talk about that on this podcast. We're going to, we're going to lift up Jesus and talk about the awesomeness of being saved by Amen. 
grace through faith and how awesome it is to live the sanctified life of faith. But sometimes there's that necessity to fight for that. And and I'll never forget, Brother Tom, I don't know if you even remember this. One of the first times we sat down and broke bread, it was in a Portillo's in the Chicago area. And you shared with me about your book, Schizophrenic. And that book, to me, has been such a help to so many people because it's a critique of who we are by someone that's not leaving. But it's also a reminder about how awesome we as independent fundamental Baptists are in what we do and what we believe. But then working on the problems. And I'm hoping we work on some of those problems, but I'm also hoping that we talk about the strengths of what we are as independent fundamental Baptists, but ultimately I'm all about lifting up Jesus. Amen. Amen. I guess that leaves me again. My answer is probably, um, uh, it's, it's going to be simple, straightforward, maybe a little less, little less spiritual in the sense that um, I am very, I'm very happy with who I who I am as an independent Baptist. And by that, I don't mean to draw attention to me. I mean that I believe kind of what Steve just said, right? Um, we can be in it and acknowledge what needs to be worked on and still go forward. And being an independent fundamental Baptist doesn't keep you from reaching souls for Christ. Matter of fact, uh, I think uh, in a six-week period of time here, God blessed us, we saw... 30 people get saved in our church services. And I mean, it was just like all of a sudden, man, God just opened the doors, you know? And and that's because we, we're just trying to do things the way that we feel God wants us to do from the scriptures. So the summation, I guess, the reason I'm doing it is to is kind of a little bit of a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, I think. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I, I don't think you have to be um I don't think you have to park your brain at the door to be a young man and an independent fundamental Baptist pastor that's awesome you can think through things you can look Mm -hmm. at them logically biblically scripturally Uh, you can get good counsel and and let me just say this you can appreciate the people who've invested in you because they're not perfect and neither are you you know i hope to invest in a lot of people over the course of a ministry that god might give to me but but i'm not going to do it perfectly um for me i like i like what i was raised to be Amen. I like the, I like the emphasis Amen. that the independent Baptist put on evangelism. I love that. Um, I don't believe that you know you just should walk up to someone and tell them, "Hey, repeat these words after me, and you'll be saved." No, of course not. But sometimes people say that that's what I believe. And I go, "No, it's not. No, it's not." And the other thing is, I want to encourage people not to judge um, judge a system, but do what the Bible says and and look at the individual and mm-hmm. talk to the individual and see what see what they say. You know, don't. Well, all IFB, all independent Baptist is this. Well, not really. Uh, and I think this room is a, is a diverse example of what it can be. You've got them, you've got them from all kinds of different camps mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I want my kids to have a security in who they are. I want them to feel confident in who they are, confident in Christ, confident in their upbringing, um, and to recognize kind of a little bit of what we've all said uh, Steve, I think you really hit on it, that there is nothing new under the sun and that we can go forward for Christ and we can still be, we can still be traditional, we can still be conservative, we can still be evangelistic, independent Baptist, and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that we've, uh, we've put aside our, our thinking in the process. So those are kind of our reasons for that. I mean, does anybody have any comment on anything that, that we've said thus far? We're going to wrap it up here in just a second. Yeah, I would just add the fact, you know, about, you know, 
I, I didn't point it out. I should have in, in my discussion of that passage in Daniel 3, how them taking a stand made a difference. And to me, many times, the pull to compromise and to change is that evangelism pull. It's, boy, we can reach more people, we can right. reach more people, we can reach more people. And sometimes there's the observation of a guy, you know, I'll just pick a generic guy. I don't want to name any names, but he's... Yes, you do, but name you don't. Him. <laughs> name him. Pull him out. <laughs> You're the bulldog for a reason. Yeah, come on now. Don't, don't do it, but no, you I'm want gonna, to. I'm going to play nice. Don't but, lie. <laughs> but, you know, they're like reaching, and then they make a shift left, and then they grow... And the assumption is their shift left helped them grow when perhaps it's because they're very gifted and they have an awesome work ethic. And maybe if they hadn't shifted left, they would have even reached more people. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is the shift left many times comes from the motivation of evangelism. Right. And we're being stuck. We're stuck in this us for or no more because of our conservative stand when in reality... Um, the Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. In other words, it's waking up and it's connecting with God that helps us reach people, not not compromise. And I, I think all of us may be able to say that we have seen people get to a point in their ministry where they have grown, and then they say, I have to change to grow again. Mm. And have I don't Absolutely. has everyone seen Absolutely. that where maybe someone says that and then they don't grow? Yeah, I've seen that where oh, they I've say, "Oh, I've got to, I've got to adapt to this, or I've got to, we've got to relax this." And I, and look, we're not going to be, we're not going to be legalists here. I think we're going to talk a lot about that. I'm okay with someone being different than me as long as they are fully persuaded in their own mind. What I'm not really looking to do is to just constantly bounce around and change in my life. I, I want to make sure that that I'm where I am, that I'm comfortable where I am, and that that's where I grow from. But I've seen that before where people felt like they needed to change to grow, and then the opposite happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's worth, worth saying, too. Not all the stories are, are glamour stories. Well, I think it, some it, the, a common thread that I think you know, I'm hearing with all of us is you know, we, we're grateful for where we've come from, and we'll admit where things could be stronger, could be mm-hmm. better. And, and again, right. Tom, you, you've written about this extensively, um, but we're not looking to tear down the whole structure yeah, correct we would we're, we're happy where we are like you said steve you know mm-hmm. steven um <laughs> maybe it should be last names maybe it should be russ, russ and russ. rudnick i don't know there I mean, we go it's whatever you need to do russ and bulldog there you go yeah uh, you know so you know we recognize the good we recognize the bad but we, we see the foundation is strong yeah and we want to you know rejoice in what we've got and and like you've been saying burnett you know reach out with the gospel we want to draw more people into this we want to keep you know, who we've got. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, it's dear church. It's the Lord's. It's not ours. Right. You know, right. when I use that language, I'm not taking ownership and none of us yeah, would. But it's very dear but, to us. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as as the servants of the Lord, you know, we, we right. want to win people. You know, I think it's important to kind of remember Jesus had his eyes wide open wherever he was. He was very aware, but he set his, his face like a flint, mm-hmm. you know, and we can be eyes wide open and acknowledge some things. But we've also got to understand what our purpose here is, and 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 that's that's where I want to be. I want to understand. I want to be aware of of what's going on around me. I want to be aware of of the issues, of the strengths, but ultimately, the goal is pleasing Christ, and the Scripture is full of instruction on how to do that. And so that's why we are doing this. That's it's all very personal to us. The church is not only the Lord's church, but it's also dear to us. And that kind of that kind of summarizes, I think, our personal reasons. Tom, um, you you gave us uh, as we were planning this 
a great kind of purpose statement, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term for it, but just kind of four things that we always want to go back to and focus on. And I think we should end the podcast out today with those four things. Would you mind sharing that with us? Happy to, and I'll do it briefly. Um, One of our purposes here is that we, we want to give in the podcast space an organized, okay, maybe that's the wrong word to start with today, but an organized uh, wide-ranging, reputable pushback from the conservative side, but not the crazy side of the independent Baptist movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many of the podcasts push left. Uh, there have been some that have come up that have pushed from the right, but they are, uh, well, it's just what I think. They're, they're, they're crazy. And so we want to be conservative, but not crazy. And so Can you that's give us some names? Mm-hmm. I can, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm conservative, but not crazy. Right. Also alliterated. Thank there, you. There are those whom we don't speak of. Yeah. Tune in to later podcasts to find out who we mean. <laughs> 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 uh, another one of our purposes is to, is to minister grace and truth in a balanced, consistent, clear, compassionate way, and at the same time, firmly hold to our positions. Uh, we, we are who we are. Uh, we believe what we believe. We're not ashamed of that. We want to be loving in that. We want to be gracious in that. We want to be balanced in that. But we don't want to be wimpy in that. We don't want to be jello-y, you know, like nailing jello to a tree. Nobody can figure out exactly what we believe because we believe something different based upon, you know, who we're trying to conform to. So uh, another one of our purposes is to edify younger men in ministry. We've spoken of that already, uh, not just in ministry, but younger folks. And to edify the saints of all ages, really. Uh, because everybody deals with struggles, everybody deals with issues, everybody thinks things through based upon the events that are happening in their life. And then lastly, we want to contextually frame the issues of the day in a biblical window to point to Christ and His Word rather than personality. We will use our personalities in here. God gave them to us. We'll use our experiences to illustrate our truth, uh, the truth that we, we believe and hold. But we want to point to the Word of God. We want to point to Christ. We want to, we, we, we want to lift up Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's why we're here. So that is the uh, first episode, the first conversation of the Dear Church podcast. Thanks for listening today.